welcome to Around the Gavel. I'm your host, Sarah Morris. Uh, today I wanted to talk to you just a little bit about power of attorney over healthcare. So otherwise known as DNRs, do not resuscitate. That's also something that people say when they talk about these documents. Um, they also kind of coincide with something called a living will that we'll also talk about. So in prior episodes, I know I've discussed um, estate planning in general and wills. And usually when you do a will with an attorney, it's a package. So you get the will, you get a power of attorney over healthcare, which is what we're gonna talk about today, and a power of attorney over financial decisions. It's, a, it's technically a springing power of attorney for financial decisions. We'll talk about that on a different episode. Uh, today we're just gonna focus on the healthcare power of attorney. So, we're in Nevada, I'm in Nevada, I'm a Nevada licensed attorney, so I'm specifically talking about the Nevada power of attorney over healthcare. Each state has different questions and requirements, so I'm, I just wanna make sure I put the caveat on here that I'm, I, I literally am only talking about Nevada because that's where I'm licensed to practice. Um, so in Nevada, the power of attorney over healthcare, there, uh, there, it's basically a form there are different variations of the form, but every one of them has five questions. No matter who you're getting this power of attorney from, it's going to have five questions, and the five questions deal with uh, whether or not, to put it bluntly, whether or not you want to pull the plug in certain circumstances. So the reason that this type of a document is important is because basically this is going to come into play when you're actually still alive but you're unable to make decisions for yourself so uh, if you're in a coma you know you're unconscious you can't make your own health care decisions so you nominate somebody to act as your agent your health care agent to make those decisions for you and that's what this form does now when you nominate this person you're also giving them guidelines so you're telling them what you want them to do certain situations it's not going to cover every situation because you know life is crazy and you can't cover everything but it gives that person that you nominate a guideline as to what to do whether or not I mean again I'm just going to be blunt through this whole um, podcast whether or not to pull the plug because that's really what it means so um, you have to initial the by the questions, the five questions that you actually agree to, and that provides the guidance to your agent so that they can make that huge decision because it is a really big decision to make. If hopefully no one listening is ever even in this situation, but if they are, um, you know, it's a big deal. It's life or death. Uh, so a lot of times the reason that you do this is to make it easier for your, the people that you leave behind, to make it easier for them to make that really hard decision and also to make it easier so that they don't go to court because they're all because the family members are fighting and no one can agree on what to do uh, whether or not to pull the plug I and mean, I've seen that happen where there isn't anything in place and there's not one person that's responsible to make that decision and people don't agree within the family and so what happens is you know they have to file something in the court to stop person that is trying to pull the plug, let's say they have to pass any report called an obligation for a preliminary injunction to stop that from happening, and it just, it can go on forever, and so here you are unconscious not knowing what's going on, and people are fighting over what to do with you. So this is why we always include this document in our estate planning in general. It's going to be in any estate plan that you were to, were to ever receive if you come to 
our office and probably for most attorneys that's also the case. So it's a very important document in my opinion. It is more important than even the will because you're still alive. So you're still kicking. You still have a say, theoretically. Like it actually affects you. Uh, whereas when you pass away, of course, some people don't even care because they're already gone. Now most people do care and they want to provide for the people they leave behind, but I'm just saying, if you're one of those people that don't care, you may still care if you're in a coma. So you want to make sure that you have this thing in place. Um, you nominate somebody to act as your healthcare agent. I always recommend you only nominate one person. And that's because, of course, if you nominate two people, then we've got a problem if one of them disagrees with the other, because now we're 50-50, no one can actually have a say, now we're back in, we're still in court, because they can't agree. So what are they gonna do? They're gonna have to go in front of a judge and have a judge make a decision. So we don't want that. So I always say nominate one person, not two. Um, and then you always nominate a second in case the first person isn't available. This is particularly true when you're talking about married couples, you know, they usually nominate each other to be the healthcare power attorney, which is great, but what if they're both in an accident together and they both are unconscious? So you always want to have somebody else that can step in. Um, and the other thing to mention is, you, pro you know, I always tell my clients, we want this person to live in the United States because if they don't live in the United States, becomes very difficult to actually enforce and get the person here to make the decision. I mean, it just, it doesn't make any sense. So you definitely want them to be a U.S. resident, whoever you're nominating for this position. Um, and so I mentioned living wills. A living will is basically the same thing as a power attorney over healthcare. It's just a little bit more, attorneys do things differently in my firm, there's two documents. There's a power of attorney over healthcare, and then there's also a living will. The living will is just a little bit more in depth about what the person wants um, to make sure that it happens. Uh, the other place that you're gonna see the term living will is the Secretary of State, because the great thing is that once you do this power of attorney over healthcare, you, you have the option of lodging it with the Secretary of State. So if you, lodge it with the Secretary of State, the reason you would do this is because then it's available in the event of an emergency, the ER doctors can pull it up. Because of course, you know, I don't, most people, this situation happens, it's not like they're planning on it, it's usually an accidental situation and they're not carrying around the power of attorney over healthcare in their wallet necessarily. So this provides um, an avenue for emergency doctors to pull this document up. So, for my clients, they've all agreed to go ahead and lodge it at the Secretary of State's office and they're in the place there that they lodge it, it's called a living will box. So once you lodge it with the Secretary of State, you're going to get confirmation from them. It'll be sent to your house and you'll get a little magnet even that says that you've done it. And I think this is simply because they think maybe they're going to put it on your refrigerator. So if, you know, there is an emergency at your house and the paramedics come, maybe they'll see it, right? Like, I don't know. I don't have any guarantees, but that's probably why they also give you a magnet. Um, so that it's just a, an extra precaution. Uh, okay, so we've talked about the DNR, otherwise known as the Power of Attorney over Healthcare. We've talked about how you can lodge it with the Secretary of State so that ER doctors can pull it up. You can also, of course, carry it around. I do have clients that I've literally, uh, they've requested that I make photocopies of this thing and reduce it to one piece of paper and so they can put it in their wallet. I mean, that's fine too. It's also going to come up, I'm sure, 
maybe some of you have already had this uh, come up, but if you have scheduled surgeries, when you go to the hospital and you check in, they always ask you if you have a power of attorney over healthcare or a DNR. And if you have it, then of course you provide it before your surgery so they have it on record. Um, some primary care physicians also ask the same thing, uh, just in case. So it's a great thing to have in place, especially to help your family if something happens and they have to make big decisions on your behalf. Uh, so we've talked about that and I also just mentioned that sometimes there is something called a living will that is very similar to a power of attorney over healthcare, it just gets a little bit more detail. There's usually that and the power of attorney over healthcare, so not to confuse the two. Um, I just don't want any confusion with terms. So living will, power of attorney over healthcare, same basic thing. Living will is not a will, <laughs> it has nothing to do with wills. It's still when you're alive. A living will, it's probably called a living will because it's living while you're living. Uh, so I think this is a very important uh, piece of paper that you will definitely want to have no matter what. Um, and like I said, it's always part of anybody's estate plan uh, because it's just a, it's a very important tool. And I'll just tell you real quick, when I became an attorney, it's actually the first thing, I'm probably a little bit unusual, but it's the first thing that I did. I uh, created the power of attorney over healthcare before I did anything else. I was only 21. Uh, but I was super paranoid. I didn't want to be a vegetable. I, <laughs> I didn't want any issues if something happened. I didn't want to be kept alive on life support. So um, I did this. So I do think it's important for people. And if you want to dive deeper, you want to talk about it more, as always, uh, you're welcome to call our office. We offer complimentary 15-minute consults. Um, so you can call anytime instead of a consult. And thank you for listening. Thank you.